Turn your radio on. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. You did good, brother. I like that song. That's a good one. All right, Psalm 68. Our verse will be found in verse 16. Psalm 68, verse 16. If you have your place there, please say amen. amen. That sounds pretty good. I'll tell you what, why don't we all stand, if you're able, and stretch those legs. You've been sitting a while. Get that blood flowing. That way your legs won't fall asleep. And uh, let's read this verse together. Psalm 68, verse 16. It says, Why leap ye, ye high hills? This is the hill which God desireth to dwell in. Yea, the Lord will dwell in it forever. Father, we thank you for your precious and holy word. Now, Lord, we just ask that you just speak to our hearts as only you can. And have your will and your way be done, Lord, in our midst in the time we have together. Lord, I just ask that I'll decrease and you increase all the said and done. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I told you the message was entitled, It's Time to Take a Leap. So, why? Why should we take a leap? Why does February get an extra day tomorrow? And because of that extra day tomorrow, why is this a leap year? Have you ever wondered about that? Well, to put it in a nutshell, without dragging it out all night long, we understand that the reason we have leap days and leap years is so that it will keep the calendar kind of matching the seasons. In other words, if we never did have leap days or leap years, we might well find that in July it might be 28 degrees. So without that, our months would just slide around, and then suddenly, you know, it might be... 112 degrees during December 25th. So I'm glad we have leap days and leap years. It kind of keeps everything, for the most part, settled down. Now this whole thing, to me, the study of clocks and time and calendars is fascinating. And it's mind-blowing. If you, if you really get deep down inside of that rabbit hole, you can really encounter some mind-blowing things. Uh, Julius Caesar wanted to tackle this problem. And he and another guy, they worked together, and they finally come up with what we called, for many years, the Julian calendar system. As a matter of fact, Pope Gregory XIII, uh, after so many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of being on the Julian calendar system, things were getting out of whack. That uh, leap day, leap year thing, it was uh, not working. And so the Pope worked together with a lot of the folks, and they got a new calendar set up. And so that became known as the Gregorian calendar. And that's what we have now. But there was a big problem that happened way back in the 1700s. See, not everybody went along with the Gregorian calendar because that was from the Pope. If you were a Catholic country... You automatically did, but if you were a Protestant country or a country that didn't have the Catholic uh, Church lording over you in many ways, you said, fooly on what the Pope says. I don't care about that. He doesn't, he doesn't control us. Well, the Julian calendar, as you have basically two calendar systems competing, you had the old style, or OS, and new style, or NS. 
And so finally around the 1700s, the British finally got on board and they said, you know what, we're tired of being behind everybody else. We've got to do business and trade and do all these meetings and schedules and whatnot with everybody else. So we might as well get all on the, on the same page. So the British changed. Well, being a British colony, a bunch of colonies, we followed suit. And so that's why if you look at George Washington's birthday, February 22nd, if you look it up, you might find two different dates because one will say OS and one will say NS. That's because one date is under the Julian system. The other date is under the new system, the Gregorian system. And if you really want to get things discombobulated, when the British made that change, we lost two weeks off of the calendar, and I believe it was in October. They said, all right, this is this date, and boom, it was two, two weeks later, because that's how far out of whack the Julian calendar system got behind the Gregorian system, and it corrected everything and brought it up to speed. And you thought changing the clocks and time messes with everybody's calendar internally and all that? <laughs> Read some up about all that there, about the calendar system, and you, you, you'll find some interesting stuff. So this is a leap year. We, have, we don't have 365 days. we got 366 days this, this year because we got that leap day, February 29th. So it's a leap day. Leap day. So... What are we supposed to do if we're going to leap there? Well, we find in the Bible what we read, there's a figurative, it's a symbolic understanding. Uh, you have the psalmist, um, this is a song of David. So we find David the psalmist, he's uh, writing about why are the hills leaping. Well, they're not literally leaping. It's symbolic. They're symbolically leaping. Why in the world would the hills be leaping? Because they're excited about praising their Creator. David's putting this inside the form of a song. And he's saying, you know, if, if nature, if creation can praise God and be excited, why can't we? Why can't I? And you know what? We should be. Every one of us in here, we should do a little bit of leaping ourselves. Well, what kind of leaping should we do? How should we leap? What should we do when we leap? Well, I'm going to give it to you. Four points here. L-E-A-P. L-E-A-P, that's our points right there, L-E-A-P. So I'm going to give you four words here. I'm going to give you some phrases that maybe we should think about when we leap and what we should be doing. So if we leap, what should we do? Number one, we should be loving with all. We should be loving with all. All what? All our heart, all our strength, all our soul, all our mind, all our might. That's what we should be loving. Who and what? God. That's the first thing we should be loving with all. We should be loving God with all of our being, everything within our fiber. And how do we love God? We love Him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If God said to do something, we should do it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If God said it, we should do it. So if I'm going to leap, I need to be loving with all. First of all, God. 
You know, it, it, it really breaks my heart so many times that people say, well, preacher, I've got to go over here. We're going to Carowinds. I can't go to church. Or, preacher, we're going out on this, and we're not going to go to church. And people say, well, I'm going on vacation. Well, vacations are fine. I'm going to take a vacation soon. But I'll tell you this, if I'm away, I'm going to find myself somewhere in church, somewhere, sooner or later, somehow, some well, some way. I'm going to be in church because if I go on vacation, you go on vacation. We're not supposed to take a vacation from God. Just because we're out going out to see the mountains or going down to the beach, y'all can have that sandbox in my opinion if you want. But anyway, wherever you go, that don't mean you say, well, I get to lay out of church today. Why in the world would you? What you might find out is if you go to that church down there, you might say, man, this is, I don't like this. And then you come back to Danieltown and say, boy, I'm sure thankful to be here at Danieltown. I've done that I don't know how many times. And I can tell you this, I am thankful for what we have here at Danieltown. It is truly something very sweet and very special that we have here. And uh, I tell you, when I see a lot of the, there's only one other church in this entire country where I've been in where I've felt exactly what I see here, and that's Ridge Memorial Baptist Church with Brother Paul Dabdu. That's the only other same exact spirit and feeling I've sensed that I see here. I'm not saying all the other churches are wrong or bad or not like that. I'm just saying that what we got here is almost replicated 100% down there at Slidell. It's amazing to see almost all the way around. Well, what else should I be loving with all? I should be loving my neighbors. Please notice that, guys. Jesus did not stipulate my neighbors that look like me, that sound like me, that act like me, that dress like me. He said, just your neighbor, period. That's anybody. I should love my neighbor, how do he say, as myself. That's hard to do at times. Because you got some neighbors out there that are obnoxious. You got some neighbors out there that are plumb weird. You got some neighbors out there that just, they, they don't like you. They don't like being around you, but they're your neighbors. You got some neighbors out there that hate your guts. You got some neighbors out there that are different faith, religions, political persuasion, sexual orientation. But you know what God said for us to do? He told us point blank. He told us, as you want them, as you want them to treat you, you need to treat them in the same way. Don't give them the cold shoulder. Don't give them the evil eye. Don't try to run over their dog. He said, you go out there and you be nice to them. You be kind to them. Why? Because you know what? I bet if we were to look at it and peel it back like an onion and peel out all them layers, I bet we'd find out that them people are actually kicked around enough as it is. That's probably why they're ill and mad all the time, because everybody's down on them. Everybody's pushing them around, shoving them around. We need to show them something different, and that difference needs to be Jesus. Because you know what? They may never crack open a Bible and read about Jesus. That gospel track you give them, they, they might not ever read it, but i tell you what they are reading. They're reading you and me. That Jesus we have in us, he's supposed to shine through us. And so the only Jesus they may ever see is the Jesus that's in you and me. So if we're out there cussing right and left, that's what they're going to see. They're going to see a cussing Jesus. If we're out there showing our butt, well, guess what? They're going to see Jesus showing his butt. That's what they're going to see. The Jesus that's in us, that's what they're going to behold. Wow. When I stop and think about that, it makes me feel about that big. And I thought I could never get any shorter. But man, 
That tells me I need to watch what I do, how I dress, how I behave. It ain't just because I'm a loveless. It ain't just because I'm a preacher. It ain't just because I'm this, I'm that, and I'm this and the third. It's because I'm a Christian first. And I need to watch how I act and all of those things. What else should I love with all? Well, I ought to love myself. I don't need to let myself be worn down to a nub where I ain't got nothing left so I can't give to others. But I don't need to love myself first so much so that I only care about me and not anybody else. That's what a lot of people do expertly because you know the Bible never commands you to love yourself. Go back and read that what he said. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. He doesn't tell you, love thyself. You know why? Because we already love ourselves, if we're honest. Well, then you got the people out there, I don't. I hate myself. That's just low self-esteem. You need to be pulled up. Some Some people looked at me and they said, Wow, why are you so confident on these things? Why are you so this and that and full of things? I said, well, it might well be because as an only child, I had two of the best cheerleaders in the world, and it was Mama and Daddy. They filled me with so much happiness and joy and encouragement, I felt like I could conquer the world. You know, I feel sorry for a lot of young'uns because, you know, there's young'uns out there that have never heard their daddy say, son, I'm proud of you. There's children out there that have never heard their mama say, you did such a good job. You can do anything you set your mind to. That breaks my heart. Mm. Well, what about E? If we're going to leap, what are we going to do? Well, if we're not only going to be loving with all, we need to be evangelizing the lost. We need to be evangelizing the lost. Let me tell you what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6. This is what we call in theology the Beatitudes. You ever know what the Beatitudes are? Well, I'll sum it up in a nutshell. If you want to figure out what the Beatitudes are, try it this way. What be your attitude? And you'll find all about the Beatitudes. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Listen. A lot of times people don't realize what they're doing because it's just the way they are. It's just the way they're raised. It's just the environment they're in. But a lot of this, guys, it has to do with body language and it has to do with tone of voice. Oh, that's a big one right there. Do you realize that by your body language and by your tone of voice, You can make somebody's day or you can ruin somebody's day in less than 10 seconds. And we wonder, why are all these people out here so grumpy? Why are they out here so ill and mad and all this? A lot of times it's just a 30-second couple of words thrown their way by somebody they meet or see or, or first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. What are you doing? Or, hi, how are you, dear? Where's my breakfast? Honey, would you like a cup of coffee this morning? 
You see? Tone of voice. You don't think I'm going to get out of bed and do this, do you? That ain't my job. I didn't sign up for that. I ain't saying Stacy says this at all. Don't look at me quizzically like that. I ain't, I ain't insinuating that at all. Don't feel bad. <laughs> so that's the thing. If that's the first thing you hear, in the morning, guess what? You're going to feel pretty grumpy probably throughout that whole morning. Somebody ought to go back in bed and wake up on the sunny side of life, right, David? <laughs> the first words in the morning maybe should not be said until after that first cup of coffee. But just the way you say things, it could be amazing. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, blessed are ye, blessed are ye, when men shall hate you. What? Blessed am I if men hate me. What? That's crazy. When men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Notice he didn't say if everybody's just running you down. He said, if they speak evil and all this because of me, because of Jesus. Then are you blessed, really. But then what? It, then look what he says. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. That's amazing. So if I'm out here and you're out here sharing Jesus, well, I guarantee you, you're going to get talked about. You're going to get thrown under the bus. There's going to be people that are going to separate from you. They're going to say, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I'm taking my toys. I'm going to go over here. Why? Because you had the gall, you had the audacity to mention Jesus. If you're with all of your lost heathen friends and you say, Guys, uh, before we uh, eat, I, I'm going to ask the blessing. Y'all want to bow your heads with them? Well, F you and uh, blah, blah, blah and all these other things. And then they leave. I ain't going to do this. You're trying to push religion down my throat. You know what? Let them leave. They ain't your friends to begin with. If they can't respect you for your faith, you know, you hear all this belly aching from all the liberals and all that junk. Oh, tolerance and inclusivity. Yeah, they'll let the pastafarian with the flying spaghetti monster do his fake prayer with the colander on his head. They'll let the Muslim over there pray to Allah. They'll let the Hindu and they'll let the, uh, all these other guys and Mormons and everybody else out there. But, oh, no, 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 no. You can't pray to Jesus. That'll offend everybody. Bless their heart. I say, that's my Savior, and I ain't going to deny him. Amen. So, no, if, if they don't like your company, then, then tell them, adios, God bless you. Bingo, that's right. You know, I've heard people talk about tooth fairy. By the way, today's National Tooth Fairy Day. Uh, leprechauns and all these other things that are fake. But I don't see countries out there banning leprechauns and tooth fairies and Easter bunnies. But they'll ban Jesus in a heartbeat and say he don't exist. Ooh, good point. So when I'm leaping, what should I be doing? Evangelizing the lost. All right, how about A? If I'm going to leap, what should I do? I not only need to be loving with all, I not only need to be evangelizing the lost, but I need to be advancing his Advancing his what? Three things. Advancing his kingdom, advancing his work, advancing his will. I mean, that's one of the things that Jesus tells us, to seek ye first the what, daddy? 
kingdom of God and His righteousness. The kingdom of God. You know what, guys? I'm sorry to say there's a lot of people, honestly, and this is what Steve was getting at when he was talking about America. There's a lot of people out there that are working harder for the United States than they're working for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I hate to say it. But that's why you see in this church the flags are switched. It ain't because we're downing old glory in America. I thank God for our nation. But I tell you what, my first allegiance is to this here, is to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It don't matter what old glory, it don't matter what the United States of America does, but if this country does things in opposition, and it does, to God, this is where my first allegiance lies. First allegiance to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's my master, he's my king. I got a president, I got representatives, congressmen, all that over here. But the one that did the most for me was my Savior Jesus, who died for my sin. Something Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Governor Roy Cooper or anybody else out there, they could never do for me. But Jesus did. And he's my king, and thank God he's coming back. So we need to be advancing his kingdom. We need to be advancing his work. Anything that Jesus is about, about his work, we should be doing it. And we should be advancing his will. His will. You know, ain't that what he tells us? Not, uh, that's what he prayed. Not my will, but thine be done. That's a hard thing to pray, to accept. Because a lot of times, his will ain't going to be our will. And we really like our will to be done. But a lot of times that don't match up with his. Now what's the final thing? The final thing, the P, is praising God. If I leap, I should be praising God. There's two things I want to share with you in closing, David, if you'll come. One of the most famous places of Scripture that you find where there's a bunch of leaping going on is where David is leaping, is dancing as they bring the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. It was in the house of Obed-Edom, and God had blessed the house of Obed-Edom. And David finally went back, and he got the Ark, and he was leaping. And the Bible tells us there that as he was leaping, Michael, not a guy, this is Michael, a girl's name, that was Saul's daughter, Michael was David's wife, she looked at him, and she saw David leaping and dancing in front of the ark, and he was worshiping, he was praising God. And she thought he was acting beneath how a king should act. And she fussed at him when he came in. He said, well, well, let me just say, well, I didn't put it down, but anyway, he said, well, if I want to go leap and praise and dance and before the Lord, I'll do that, whether you like it or not. And you know what he did to her? He, put, he, he didn't divorce her. He just put her away, and he never did call for her. They didn't have any relations. So she, she, was a, she, was a, she was a wino. She was a wife in name only. That's all it was. He was so upset at her saying, how dare you dance and leap before the Lord? David said, you're not going to mess up me and my worship to my Savior, to my Lord. I will worship Him as I please. Now, you've got to be careful with that there because a lot of modern folks in the churches, they go back to that because they have these interpretive dance teams and stuff like that inside of the churches, and that's where they go to. 
Because I'll tell you right now, there is no recorded instance in the New Testament of any church having an interpretive dance team in it. Not at all. But where did they go? I've asked them. I've asked the worship leaders. I've asked the praise pastors and all them. I said, where do you get that from? They said, oh, David did it. I said, David ain't in the New Testament. David wasn't in the church. I said, he was worshiping and praising God in the Old Testament. And that's a valid form of praise and worship, but I don't see it in the church. They said, well, we do it. I said, yeah, well, here's the thing. God said, whatever you do in the church, it should be done in decency and in order. Decency and in order. So you've got to be careful about the dancing part. Now, I, I don't say, oh, dear, he's going back to 1800, taboos. Can't smoke, can't dance, can't play cards and all that. Now, I ain't doing that. I ain't saying that. What I am saying is there's a beat of the world and there's a beat of the word. And you be careful to see what, what's what and which is which. That's all I'm saying. Use wisdom. If you've got that dance team out there and they're honoring and they're praising God and they're doing it for God's glory, then hey, that's fine with me. But if they're doing it out there and them little old boys are sitting there saying, Whoo, catch it, look at her. See how she is. Boy, I'd like to get a hold of her. Uh-uh. They don't belong in the church. I don't care whose little panties it gets in a knot or a wad either. I don't care about that. I care about decency, order, in the name of the Lord. But here's the big one. I love this one. I, I could preach a whole sermon on this, but we're almost we're, we're, we're out of time. I'm trying to get it down, guys. Just, just bear with me. All right. In Acts chapter 3, I love this part. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. You know when that was? That was around 3, three o'clock. 3 o'clock it was, the ninth hour. You got the 6th, you got the... Um, Ninth, you got the twelfth hour. And so the ninth hour. Now what we find here is that in a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. Well, this is what our Q&A was about. There's a guy laid up at the front of the temple, and he's begging for money. Oh, well, guess what? He's going to get more than he bargained for. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. You bet he did. He said, Oh, boy, I got these boys right where I want them. They're going to help me out. They're going to give me some money. And he said, Look on us. And he's looking. He's expecting. He said, Yes. You're going to give me $50? You're going to give me $100? What you going to give me? <laughs> then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. I can just see that little old man laying there. Oh. Deflating. <laughs> I can just see that with my eyes. But he said, But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. David, talk about a raising, huh? Oh, yeah. He got a raising and a half right there. And immediately, it didn't say after a while, it didn't say because he gave them $29.95 on the cameras, be healed. He didn't do none of that. It was immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he, I love it, and he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. 
Guys, this man has never walked a day in his life. He's never stood a day in his life. You know why? Because the Bible says he was lame on his feet from his mother's womb. He was born crippled. And he had to have people take him here and tote him there and lay him over there. That's all he could ever do all of his life. But he's laying there doing the same thing day in and day out, same thing day in and day out, begging for money. And then here come old James and James, uh, Peter, yeah, Peter and John going to the temple to pray. And he says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he leapt up. And there's an old song I remember. He was walking and leaping and praising God. He was walking and leaping and praising God. That's what I remember of that song. He's walking, leaping, and praising God. So if you're going to leap, you better be, you need to be praising God. You say, preacher, I ain't got nothing to praise God about. And people over there made me mad, and I'm just yelling at them. Well, stop getting ill, because guess what? You're not going to change any situation of anything by raising your voice and hollering and screaming like a banshee. Or like a madman possessed. All it's going to do is raise your blood pressure and get you bent out of shape and probably spill over and make everybody else in the room mad and upset or either saying, oh, crap, this person's gone haywire. Adios, muchachos. I'm getting out of here. Uh, I think we better go. Uh, yeah, buddy. Till they simmer down. Release. Let it go. And find something to praise God about. And change that attitude. Because you need to leap. And praise the Lord. Well that's easy for you to say. A sermon is easier preached than it is lived. Believe you me. I'll be the first to say. But imagine if all of us went around. Praising God. What a wonderful world this would be. I got treated like crap today. Well, join the crowd. We all do. You know why? Because you're a Christian. You're going to get taken advantage of. People are going to look at you weird. People are going to treat you bad. You know why? Because you're not home. You're here in the devil's world. And his yahoos out here are bound and determined to rob you of your peace, rob you of your joy, rob you of your joy and of your happiness and of your focus. I mean, who wants to be around a grumpy, bent out of shape, ill Christian? I could be that way on my way to hell and have fun. Probably get drunk and who knows what else out there. But rather, we should be leaping. Loving with all, love the Lord, our neighbor, as we love ourselves. We should be evangelizing, telling people how to get to heaven. I sure don't want to go by myself. And how many of you know somebody who's lost? We all do. We need to tell them. Well, I don't want to offend them. If we, at the great white throne judgment, they're going to hear. They're, they're, why didn't you tell me? Well, I didn't want to offend you. Yeah, you're offending me right into the lake of fire, first into the hell. You don't have to beat him over the head. Ask God to show you how. He'll show you. Hey, advance. Advance his agenda, not ours. 
not the government, not somebody else. Advance his agenda. I've seen people work so hard about anything and every, all kinds of causes. But when it comes to church, when it comes to the things of God, oh, that's the preacher's job. That's the deacon's job. That's the Sunday school teacher's job. And praising God. Brother Rexdale said many a day, this is the quietest world we'll ever live in. If you can't get a hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen out of you now, <laughs> you get in touch with it when you get to heaven. But I think I'd be practicing up a little bit right about now if I was us. So when you have a crappy day, when you have a crappy moment, whatever, pause, back up, back the truck up, and just give it to God. Just get it over there and say, Lord, help me, help me focus on something positive right now. I have done that and done that and done that and done that and done that for many, many, many years. And I've had so much crap at times piled over me. I've had to dig out of the pile. And I've smelled like it, I'm sure, by the time I got out. But you know what? I've tried my best to keep a good attitude about it. When I've gotten into debates or even little arguments or even things, I try to be a calm voice. I try to. But if it gets and it gets, there, there are certain times where my flesh finally says, you know what? Enough. And then, ha! And then it drops back down. But I try not to get to that point. Why? Because it's not worth it. It's not, the law, it's not worth the loss of my peace. It's not the worst me getting worked up over with my blood pressure and getting riled up. Used to, I'd watch the news a lot, and I'd get mad at the TV, and then people on there, and I'd be over there preaching that and hollering at the TV. And then people can't hear me no more than the man in the moon. And what's it doing? It's putting me into an early grave. So why bother with it? Rather pray for him and find something to praise God about. Anyway, y'all get the drift. All right, so let's... Let's bow our head. David's going to play the invitational hymn. Anybody needs to have any dealings?